brought to you by the Las Cruces Sun News. This is Straight Shooter. What is going on, everybody? This is Justin Martinez, a.k.a. Jade the Sports Dude. And if you are listening right now, let me just say thank you for tuning in to Straight Shooter, the podcast where I shoot from the hip and give you everything that you need to know about the New Mexico State men's basketball team. This is episode seven of our season-long journey. So if you're a returning listener, well, then welcome back. I missed you. And if you're new to the program, well, then welcome to the family. Where have you been all my life? Guys, we have a great episode in store for us today. So let's go ahead and get started. I'm coming to you from a place that I like to call the saloon so barkeep what do we have on tap for today on tap today is a recap of the new mexico game saddle up and a preview of the arkansas pine bluff game Alrighty, thank you barkeep i have my lasso in hand and it's time for our post game roundup the segment where i round up my thoughts on the most recent new mexico state game and in this case the aggies played two games this week they earned a 72 to 67 win over denver on tuesday followed by a 69-62 loss to New Mexico on Saturday, both of which were on the road. And my first takeaway comes from the Denver game, and that is that Johnny McCants is a whole different beast when he extends his range. Now here's how the Richard Jr.'s three seasons with the team have gone so far from deep. His first season, 0 for 4. His second season goes up a bit. It's now 10 for 29. And then this season, he's already 9 for 24 from deep. I mentioned in my first mailbag of the year that a big reason why I thought the CJ Bobbitt was the best front court pairing with Ivan Adekoachea was because CJ isn't afraid to let it fly as opposed to Johnny. But that has changed recently, guys. Now, he went 2 for 3 from behind the arc against the Pioneers, and he finished with 12 points. And get this, this is a very interesting stat here. In the six games where Johnny McCants has attempted at least three triples, he has a plus minus of 43 points. In the six games where Johnny McCants hasn't attempted at least three triples, that plus minus drops all the way down into the negatives at negative nine. So a 52 point difference in the same amount of games, guys. Like I said, McCants is beginning to spread out that defense more, which really opens up so many more scoring opportunities, not only for himself, but also for fellow big men such as Yvonne. Now, my second takeaway comes from the New Mexico game, and it is that New Mexico State's turnover problems can't be excused by the A.J. Harris injury. Now, the Aggies are averaging 15.7 turnovers per game this season, and I always see people saying on social media after the game, that's way too many turnovers, man. We really need A.J. back. And you guys aren't wrong. Now, while A.J. definitely is going to help because he had a solid assist-to-turnover ratio of 2.1 last season, the bottom line is that it isn't just the backcourt that's been sloppy with the ball, guys. Trevor and Queen had four turnovers against the Lobos. Yvonne had three. Johnny also had three. That's 10 from non-guard players alone. And then you throw in Jabari's six and Terrell's four. Now, AJ's return is only going to help them so much with the flow of the game. But the bottom line is that this team just isn't playing disciplined basketball, and it's costing them so far this season. Now, my final takeaway is also from both the Denver and the New Mexico game. And it said New Mexico State is shooting itself in the foot at the free throw line, guys. Now, the Aggies nearly blew their lead against the Pioneers by missing six free throws in the final 60 seconds. And they finished just eight for 14 from the charity stripe. Now, in the game against New Mexico, it was just as bad. The Aggies went only four for 10. 10 from the charity stripe while allowing the Lobos to go a ridiculous 23 for 28 from the free throw line. Now the Aggies aren't just losing games because they're injured or because they can't get a stop on defense. They're losing games because they turn the ball over way too much and they're getting beaten badly in the free throw department. Both of those categories are just a matter of focus and discipline and New Mexico State isn't showing enough of that thus far. 
So that buzzer means that that is all the time we have for our post-game roundup. Now it is time for our second segment of the day, and it's something that I like to call Saddle Up. Now in this segment, I will be stating predictions for the rest of the season and saying if I am saddling up, meaning I believe that they will happen. I know that this is the segment where I usually do player interviews, but since we are 12 games in and the Aggies are just 500, I figured now is a very pivotal part of the season. Can they build momentum heading into conference play? Will they continue to struggle? I'm going to talk about some of the trends that we've seen so far, and I will say if I believe that they will continue for the rest of the season. Now the first one, guys. Jabari Rice will continue to start the rest of the year instead of Terrell Brown. I am not quite ready to saddle up yet for this one. So Rice started the past two games against Denver and New Mexico. The start against the Pioneers was because Brown sat out due to his groin injury that he's been dealing with all season. They pretty much just gave him the night off. But what was really interesting was that Brown came back to play against the Lobos and they still gave the start to Rice. Now the first reason why I'm not ready to saddle up just yet is because Jansil has expressed a lot of confidence in Brown. He's still drawing up plays for him. He still wants him involved despite shooting just 22% this season and he still has him out there on the court when the game matters most. Now I do expect Rice to continue to start while Brown is recovering as he should. But if Brown gets back to playing anything like he did last season once he's fully healthy, then clearly he still has the confidence from the staff and I can very easily see him returning to that starting five. The other reason why I'm not ready to saddle up is because it's not like Rice needs to start in order to have a consistent role with this team. He was already averaging 22.4 minutes off the bench and although his minutes have gone up to an average of 34 in the past two games, his stats really haven't gotten much of a boost. So he's only averaging 1.5 more points despite attempting three more shots per game. And he's also turning the ball over 2.5 more times per contest. Now there's no question that as of right now, Rice is the better player today. And I think that he is trending in the right direction of becoming a permanent starter because he's doing everything right. But at the moment, guys, I just don't think you can really lock up that spot for him until you see Brown at full strength and he's still outperforming him. Then I think he'll have a stronger case. But either way, Rice is still going to be at least a 20 minutes a night guy for this team and a key part of the offense, even when everyone is healthy. Now, the second statement, the Aggies will improve their play on the road. Guys, I am saddling up for this one. So not counting the trip to the Cayman Islands Classic because it was a neutral setting, the Aggies are 1-4 this season when playing in other teams' as gyms. The only win came against Denver this past week, and when you take a look at the numbers, there is a legitimate difference in the team that we see at the Pan Am compared to the team that we see on the road. The Aggies are averaging 15.6 less points and 5.3 more turnovers in their road games, but the reason why I'm still saddling up is because this has easily been the toughest stretch of road games that they will face all season. UTEP, Arizona, Washington State, New Mexico, they still have to face Mississippi State this upcoming Sunday. Like These are all very good basketball teams, and all of them would be in the top two or three spots of the standings if they played in the WAC. Speaking of the WAC, there are a lot of teams that are struggling, guys. Grand Canyon is 4-8. Utah Valley is still trying to find its footing after seeing pretty much half of its team transfer or graduate this past summer. Like This is a very vulnerable conference, New Mexico State included, but I do think that the worst is over in terms of stout road competition for the Aggies. Don't get me wrong, there's still a lot of teams that New Mexico State needs to watch out for, but I don't see them struggling as much on the road as long as they handle their business in the conference the same way they've done during the entire Chris Jans era and just play disciplined basketball. But now heading into our final statement, Traveling Queen will continue to be the go-to score. I'm saddling up quicker than I have ever saddled up before, guys. <laughs> 
Now, Queens' stats are probably as high as they will be for the rest of the season, considering he doesn't have a real backup at the moment and is playing nearly 33 minutes a game, but by no means are they bloated stats. He's averaging 15.3 points, 5.6 rebounds, 3.3 assists, and 1.6 steals per contest, which are all team highs. That's pretty insane, but what's even more insane is the fact that he's doing all of that while having an offensive rating of 108.2, which is second only to Jabari Rice on the team. So that tells me that he's not just making things happen by being an inefficient volume shooter. This guy is just playing really solid basketball at the moment, and obviously those numbers are going to take a bit of a dip once Harris and Henry return, just because there are more mouths to feed. But at the end of the day, guys, we didn't know who would be the top scorer this season between Terrell Brown and Trevlin Queen, and I think it's safe to say that that debate has been settled. Queen is the closest thing that this team has to a go-to score, and hopefully the Aggies can find some additional options as the season continues. So with Saddle Up in the books, it is now time for our third segment, a preview of New Mexico State's upcoming game. And in this case, it is a showdown with Arkansas Pine Bluff, a 1-8 squad out of the Southwestern Athletic Conference. And that is going to be on Wednesday at 7 p.m. at the Pan American Center. And even though this is a 1-8 Golden Lion squad, don't get it confused. They still have some weapons that the Aggies need to watch out for. The first player is Markel Carter, a six foot six senior forward, averaging 9.4 points and a team high five rebounds per contest. Now, what makes Carter so dangerous is that he is one of the few players on the team willing to shoot the three ball. The Golden Lions actually attempt just 13.6 triples per game, and that accounts for only 27% of their total attempts which is the 10th lowest in the country, according to Ken Palm. However, Carter is the exception. This guy is shooting 39% from behind the arc this season. He's 11 for 28, and no other player has attempted more than 16 threes for the Golden Lions. Now, Arkansas Pine Bluff only fell to UTEP by a score of 59 to 50 last week, and Carter played a big part in it. This guy had 21 points on 5 for 7 shooting from deep. He really caught fire, and keeping him out of the equation is going to be key for the Aggies on Wednesday. The second player to watch out for on this Golden Lion squad is Markedrick Bell, a 6'7 forward who has only made 5 starts this season. But similar to Jabari Rice for New Mexico State, this guy gets involved in the offense off of the bench. He's averaging 10.3 points per game, and he's taken 37.5% of the team's shots this season, which is the 10th highest in the country, according to Kempom. Now, Bell is not a three-point shooter. This guy is a strong finisher at the rim and someone who likes to crash the glass for some second-chance points. We'll see if they can keep him off of the glass in this one. Finally, the last person to watch out for is Dequan Morris, a six-foot-four junior who specializes in getting to the free-throw line. And if you've been watching Aggies basketball, you know that spells danger right here, guys. Now, Morris leads the team with 36 free throw attempts so far this season, and keeping him off the charity stripe is going to be key for an Aggies team that really has struggled to play clean without fouling so far this year. But with that said, let's get into the keys to success for this one. The biggest key on offense is to get to the free throw line for the Aggies. New Mexico State is 2-5 and five this season when it attempts less free throws than its opponents, but Wednesday's game is about as good as it gets in terms of matching up. The Golden Lions are averaging just 8.6 attempts from the charity stripe this season, compared to their opponents 18.3 attempts that's nearly a 10 free throw difference so we'll see if the Aggies can take advantage and get some freebies on defense the key is to apply pressure from the opening jump Arkansas Pine Bluff is averaging 19.8 turnovers per game which opponents are converting into 19.8 points per game that's 27.3 percent of the points they allow coming from turnovers and the Aggies haven't been shooting the ball very well this season that's no secret but getting out on the fast break and getting some easy layups could be the jump start that they need on Wednesday. Now it is time for my prediction, so can I get a drum roll, please? 
So for this one, I'm going to go with New Mexico State by a score of 76 to 55. I don't think this is a Pine Bluff team that you should be sleeping on since they did hang in there with UTEP a week ago. But at the end of the day, I just don't think they have enough offense to keep up on the scoreboard. And it really is the perfect matchup for an Aggies team that needs to get out of a slump and build some momentum before they play Mississippi State on the road this Sunday. But that is going to do it for episode seven of Straight Shooter. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Please make sure to reach out to me on Twitter at JadeTheSportsU with any questions you have about the team for my weekly mailbag that gets published every Monday. I need a couple more for tomorrow's edition, guys. But again, I appreciate all of the support and feedback that you have given me. This has been Justin Martinez, a.k.a. Jay the Sports Dude, and I'll see you all next Sunday. I'm out.